Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a beautiful guest lined up for you today. Miss Lee Ann is a mom, author, and artist living in Ohio. She loves to help people find new positive perspectives in all things. Welcome to the podcast, Leanne. Hi, thanks for having me, Heidi. I am so, so excited about our chat today and all the directions that is going to take. Um, the theme of our show today is really finding the beauty where you are and really almost in the unexpected results of beauty where you are. So we're going to dive in deep into this because this topic in particular has been a huge, huge part of my own personal healing after divorce. And it wasn't until you and I had coffee together a few months back that I realized how this concept was not exclusive to myself. <laughs> and our conversation really brought me to realize, oh my gosh, there there are other people tapping into this idea of finding beauty where you are, and we'll talk about it, but let's take it back. Let's take it back a step for a moment because when I met you, I actually didn't know. Cause when you're divorced, I think I thought like you just wear everyone, you can wear it on your face. Like it's a big, like you're wearing a big t-shirt on, on it that says like, hello, I'm divorced, really? but really like nobody knows. And I didn't know that you had been divorced or walked through it. Like it's something we don't just like walk around and go, Hey, I'm divorced. Are you, but if it's okay with you, I would love for you to share a little bit about that part of your journey first, because I think it really helps validate the second part of our discussion, finding the beauty where you are and that you're not just somebody who's, you know, lived a Pinterest perfect life. Um, you know what I mean? And says like, hey, just find the beauty everywhere that you are. It's like, oh, I've, I have lived and this is why this topic is so important. So maybe just share whatever, as little or as much as you feel comfortable, the backstory of, of kind of that part of your journey. So uh, to get a real true understanding of how I've gone through life, like not just a bull in a China shop, I would say Hulk, the Hulk in a... <laughs> A very delicate area I've crashed and smashed through life, not very gracefully. And really, uh, I mean, my childhood, it started kind of there. I'm not going to get real, you know, into that, but uh, my mom had a significant mental illness when I was younger. I mean, she, she obviously had it her whole, my whole life, her whole life, but that kind of set the scene for chaos and, uh, a lot of confusion all through my childhood and even younger adult years, which then kind of set me up for making some erroneous choices, maybe not the best choices. So I ended up, you know, I've been through two divorces. So to say that, you know, like, how does that even happen? There's some maybe unaddressed childhood trauma that kind of played into these decisions that I made. And, you know, I was making the best decisions I could make at the time. And so 
that just ended up not being the right ones for various reasons, you know? So I uh, found myself divorced, not just once, but twice. And it was the second divorce that really ended up causing so much trauma in my life because I uh, had remarried too early. You know, it was a typical rebound situation. So um, I was adding more trauma to already trauma. I didn't let myself heal. So there's something really, ladies, to letting yourself give yourself time, find yourself. And so I'm a little slow and I didn't get that message the first time. I wish I would have known Heidi a long, long time ago. I I think back and I'm like, oh man, you could have been so helpful for me to maybe saving the second time trauma that I ended up having. Mm, So I love that you said that only because, well, first of all, thank you for saying that. But more importantly, I wish I had me, this version of me, because the reason why I got into this work in the first place was because I needed what I provide now. And I didn't, I didn't find it out in the world. I didn't find it in anyone around me. And I'm like, why is no one supporting people in this, in the way that we all really needed it? You know? Yeah. In the way that you approach it so joyfully and because almost everywhere else, because I did seek help, believe me. I mean, I, I sought divorce groups and help, but they were also somber and like, here we are, we're at, might as well be a funeral. I mean, there's, it is a death. It's a mourning, and we have to look at it like that because it's appropriate. But I mean, it was just, there's a lot of negativity where I like where you're coming from with like, Hey, your life's not over yet. Yeah. Cry, get it out, mourn. But then like, Hey, so much life ahead of you, which I wasn't getting that memo. I didn't get that. So I, uh, and with my second divorce, it really took me down and hard. And I, um, I basically kind of had a, a mental breakdown of sorts, you know, because I was just, there was so much sadness, failure. I am a total failure. I'm a broken human and I'll probably just never be whole again. And mm-hmm. those messages were coming through as well. I was hearing that from various well-intended people. And so what hope did I have in my life? So yeah, it got to a point where I just hit this, what do they call it? The bottom. <laughs> you hit the bottom. I call it the divorce ditch. Well, I hit that Boom. Yes. And I, um, it was in that ditch that I thought, okay, I have to change everything. I have to change my whole perspective. I cannot continue thinking the way I'm thinking, living the way I'm thinking, having this perspective. So um, I, I put a challenge out to myself. It was a very simple challenge. I thought in the beginning, because I knew enough to know this, I can't, expect to be all the way over here, you know, immediately. I knew I had to take baby steps. So I I treated myself like a baby in a way. I'm like, I'm going to take one little step literally at a time. Yes. So one of my first steps was I I really hated being in Ohio. So that was only making things worse, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, thank you for your honesty. I chuckle because I got divorced when I, and my ex, I kind of like dragged me out to California willingly. I, I was leaving all my friends, all my family, everything that I knew in the Midwest. But once I got out there, I was like, wow, this is, I'm in California. And when I got divorced, I, at least I had the sunshine, right? I had the sunshine on my side, but had we gotten divorced in Michigan or Ohio, I would have been like, and on top of it, like my mood is reflected in the weather. Like it's just gloomy out here. What am I doing here? 
<laughs> 27 days of gray, like with no sunshine. That's, that's hard on anybody, you know? It is. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, my challenge that I put out to myself was to find beauty right where I was. And I was like, I was mad because I didn't live in Hawaii or Costa Rica or somewhere beautiful. No, Ohio. <laughs> so the challenge, it was a big one, right? You know, and um, I was like, I don't think I'm really going to find it, but I'm going to play along and just see what I find. So I started out very small and I just had my little camera, my phone camera, and I would go out and um, I started looking at things in a different way than I'd ever taken the time to see it before. So whether it was frost or snow or dewdrops, um, I have some of the background right here, you know, and, and, and the goal for me was finding it right in my own yard, wherever I was, like the most unexpected place. Like I would look in mud puddles. I would look in things that I had been walking by for years. So um, because I was like, if this does work, I want to encourage other people, even in the inner city. I don't care where you're at, anywhere you can find a piece of clover growing in a crack of a sidewalk, you're going to find this beauty because I wanted to make sure it was attainable anywhere at any time. So that was some reason I was kind of driven by that thought process already, but I didn't know how important it was going to be. So it gets more interesting as I went along. So to my surprise and thankfulness, I did start finding beauty and I found it massively. Like I'd walked by these normal objects all these years and I failed to notice just how breathtaking the beauty was right under my nose at any given moment. And so when I started recognizing that, it did actually change. I don't hate Ohio anymore. You know? Yes. I mean, I am also susceptible with 27 days of gray. Of course, I will start questioning things, but I I even found beauty in the gray. I, I found it in, in the fog, I found it in drab and 27 shades of brown. <laughs> the winter was happening, everything's gray and brown. I still found it. But what, what the cooler thing that happened during that time frame is I was rewiring how my brain thought. Yes. And so these negative things and thought processes, I started actually changing something in the neurons, in the, the way that I'm thinking. So I was actually catching a negative thought. I hate Ohio. Nope, I'm going to not, it's almost like a valley, you know, like a, think about the Grand Canyon. You have to start a new pathway, you know, and this is now proven in science, right? You're, you're creating new neurology, new pathways in your brain, literally. So Every time, every negative thought that I was able to reconfigure and go down a new pathway, it was creating a new groove, right? A new rut. And it then carried over into not just what I was seeing physically in my own yard in, in Ohio and changing the way I thought about my own surroundings. It was actually changing stuff in my own like perspective about myself mm. and other people. So that was probably the most surprising thing that I wasn't expecting to happen. Mm -hmm. Like it changed my outlook on like, here's what I was thinking. If I could find this beauty on this, this is a clover. Like it's, it's not even a perfect clover. It's like, it has little insect bite marks on it and stuff and everything, but it's still massively beautiful with these dewdrops on it. Mm. And that's just one clover in a field of 
bazillion clovers in a yard. And I thought, that's me. I'm that clover. You know, I'm like, I'm being trampled on, overlooked. The the idea of being overlooked and trampled on kept going through my brain. That's how I felt. I felt like I was replaceable. Like I remember thinking, I'm just the machine wash, a washing machine out on the curb waiting for the dump. You know, that I felt like oh, wow. it was so replaceable or something. And because, um, you know, when you go, depending on what your circumstances are and what your divorce looks like, you know, you just feel like so less than. And I, I was just identifying with all these inanimate objects, right? Yeah. And not not worth the time to repair even, you know what I mean? And like, I'm just a piece of grass that people are stepping on and overlooked. No one even sees me, you know? And um, when I took the time to see how beautiful this one clover is, that's when I saw, that's what I am, you know? And I yeah. am. I am significant, even if certain people don't recognize it, like I recognize it, you know, and it, everything changed from that point, you know, it was, yeah, I can aha moment. Yeah, it really, it really is. I I'm so, as you and so many of the listeners know, I, I really am obsessed with joy. And not from a fake standpoint of, I I don't believe in fake it till you make it. I don't believe in any of that. I believe in full authenticity, but I also believe that joy has many meanings. I believe it means the journey of you. I think it's an acronym for that. I think it's an acronym for just own you. Like how can you really own where you're at and what you're moving through and your own your beliefs and your thoughts and your actions and 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 the reality that you see in front of you. So I think it has a lot of depth to it. But similar to what you're saying is for whatever reason, I was on that bathroom floor crying my eyes out for the hundredth time. And a voice inside of me said, get up and go get your joy. And I like, I love how you said just one baby step at a time. And sometimes that really is physically. Like I had gotten so used to laying on my couch, crying my eyeballs out, laying on the ground, crying my eyeballs out, like laying, laying around anywhere, laying. Yes. Snot nose. Hyperventilating, crying, fetal position. Yes. Like ladies and gentlemen, if you are doing this, humans, um, like if you are doing this, like you're, you're not alone and we want you to know Today is a day where you can get up and take one step closer to the door. Maybe you're just going to sit up and then tomorrow you're going to put one shoe on and the next day you're going to put another shoe on and then you're going to open the door and you're going to peek out. But every day you're just going to try a little bit for, you're going to lean a little bit further until what really did it for me is so like aligned. I had never until I met you heard anyone else use this concept. I swear I was I, I said, okay, well, if I'm supposed to go get my joy back, that's what the voice inside of me says. Go get your joy. Go get it. I, I was love like, that. well, what in the world does that mean? Okay. Well, that means <laughs> go, go get it. I better go start looking for it. I, I don't know where I'm supposed to go get it from. There's so many layers to that answer, but I was like, okay, I'm going to go start looking for it. So I did live. I love how you also said like you wanted to come up with something that was attainable anywhere, anytime. And what I've come to realize is that the concept that I subscribe to, which is so parallel to yours in sync with yours is joy spotting. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go out and I'm going to spot it. I'm going to look for it because if I can see it somewhere else in something else or someone else, that means it is possible. Even if I don't believe that it is possible for me right now, it exists 
and it is available in this world because I thought it was gone and gone forever. And right, so right. it's literally like, I love that you used and subscribed to the same concept of finding beauty anywhere that you are in everything that is available to you. And the analogy of just like seeing yourself in essentially the beauty and the art that you were looking for through your camera lens is so, so completely powerful. And I also think another thing that you said that I don't want to rush over is that you said that it was something that was simple enough, right? We have to start simple because divorce feels completely overwhelming. And like you said, many times we go, I got to redo life. Okay. I got to figure out who I am, what I like, what I don't like, how I communicate with people, how I show up, what I want to do with my life, what my relationships look like, who all the parts of me, all the wounds, all the, well, that's a lot. And that was overwhelming. And that's what kept me on the ground crying every day was the fear, the fear that I would just stay there. Yeah. Because you're setting yourself up for failure, expecting to fix all of that at once. And I came across recently this idea of the toothpaste analogy. And I I was brushing my teeth one day and I was looking at my tube of toothpaste, you know, and because I was marveling at how I was almost at the end of it, you know, and I was like, wow, how long has that taken to get there? Yeah. And because um, you're just using such a small amount every day. And yet, you know, when you get your fresh tube of toothpaste, you think, oh, man, like, you just don't think about it a lot. You know, it's just a process, right? You, you know this process. But how dumb would it be if we expected we buy a new tube of toothpaste? And what if we are so disappointed the next day or two? It, like, it's still really full. Why, why isn't it all the way flattened yet? You know, is it broken? Well, why do we do that to ourselves? Like, why do we think, you know, we got to see ourselves as a tube of toothpaste? You know, every little tiny squirt, it may not look like it's making any difference. Like, one squirt at a time, you're not going to see any difference in your tube of toothpaste, but that doesn't mean it's not functional or not working, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's literally that small of a change that makes that difference over time. So yeah. months, months later, my tube of toothpaste is almost flat now. Yeah. I didn't see it happening. It happened so slow, right? Yeah. So those kinds of like leveling your expectation and realizing to your point, that l- just one more step, just getting off that couch or just something like that, that that's sometimes all we can manage that yeah. day. And that's okay. And we can celebrate those small yeah. victories as well. Okay, pat yourself on the back, give yourself a high five in the mirror, take a deep breath and hold your heart, whatever works for you, but go like, I did that today. I, right. I did something different today. And I'm going to acknowledge myself for doing something different today. I also want to, two parts to this. So the first thing is, I also think the toothpaste analogy works in in the sense of it adds up what it adds up to, right? So the same thing along the lines of finding beauty in everything or everywhere, the little spots of joy and the little sips of beauty, the little snapshots of beauty that you were taking over time, they add up to what I call kind of the joy bucket, like the joy bank. You make deposits and deposits and deposits. And before you know it, you're really rich. That's right. In that sense. You're so right. It does not happen overnight. Just because you go out and 
find some cool joy one day, you got to make it a habit. It's every bit of like working out your muscles. And if you want to see progress, you've got to stick with it. And that's why it, it was so important for me to like, I didn't want to have to hop in my car and go to Metro Park. I didn't want to have to like travel anywhere. I'm like, this has to be accessible right in my own yard so that I would make sure that I had the opportunity to do it every day. Yeah. There's no requirement for doing this practice. You can even stay in your house. That's right. If you don't feel ready to step out, like start, start where you're at, start anywhere that you are at, even in your workplace, anywhere and look for the glimpses of it everywhere that you're at. It's not circumstantial. It's like, it's really just a willingness to allow yourself to take that perspective and take that step and use that practice. Um, One of the things you and I were talking about before we recorded was giving yourself permission to adjust. And you were just you just had a major, major year. You guys, you need to look up Leanne. We're going to put all our information in the show notes, but you just wrote this incredible book. You just had your first solo art exhibit, which you not only presented your art at, which was, you guys, a full-on gallery, full-on exhibit with all just her stuff, but you also performed your musical talents there led a discussion um, as a facilitator um, and so many things beyond that. So you just had a really big year where you were showing up in all of your gifts, showing up in all of your light, saying yes to a lot of things that maybe felt a little scary, that took a lot of courage. And what you said to me really hit home. You said, yeah, and this year I'm going to take a break from being courageous. I'm going to have a quiet year. Can you say more about that? Yeah, so so important. I've been through several hibernations. I call it hibernation years, yeah. right, moments, seasons. First time I went through that was very scary because there's so much unknown, and you know, you get to this place where everything's really quiet and really still, and you're not having any big wins, and you're not, you're just not even having the energy to go out and be really courageous at the moment. And the first time that happened for me because I was. Uh, early on in my art career, I, you know, there's just, there's highs and lows in it all. So I likened it to like this time in these, you know, highs and lows in my divorces and everything like that, that's still quiet time. I, I'm choosing it now. Whereas before I may not have chosen it, but it's still, even now that I'm choosing it, it's a little scary. I I think about, am I being left behind? Is everyone going to forget me in the art world? I mean, I see my other artist friends just really still killing it and, and doing stuff. But I have to give myself permission and um, do not discount this time of quiet. And, and I do call it hibernation because I think about trees. Um, when you're looking at the trees, they look dead in their hibernation stage here in Ohio. But how how beautiful and exposed they are yet. You know, they're almost more beautiful sometimes with no leaves. They're very vulnerable. They're you see they're just their structure. And um scientifically, there's so much that's happening underneath the surface during the hibernation stage. I mean, there's they're almost more busy during that hibernation stage, but you just don't see it. Yeah. And I think that's a great analogy because right now. And wherever you're at, if you're in a hibernation stage, if you feel like things are real quiet and, you know, you're not producing a lot of fruit or whatever by the world standards or anything like that, 
give yourself permission to be okay with that because you know, and I know there's all kinds of things going on in my brain right now. There's ideas. I'm, I'm researching material. I'm researching ideas. I'm allowing my brain to think and absorb and figure out how to act. And it's important to not just act on the fly, you know, so give yourself that time and space to go through that hibernation and, and know it's not wasted time. This is not wasted. This is a very important time. And in fact, I think it's absolutely necessary because if a tree didn't take that time to have that hibernation, it would die. Like it can't produce full all seasons of the year. It, it would crash and die. So um, let yourself rest and know that it, it's a, even more important than even the blooming stage. You know, take stock in that. I love that you shared this so much because I also think it's very applicable to healing. I think one of the things that we have to uh, figure out for ourselves is when we're trying, when, when we need to hibernate to rest, like we, our bodies, as you mentioned, chemically, we have, we have two paths, pathways. We've got the rest and digest system and we've got the fight or flight system. And so often when we're in fight or flight, we want to hide. We want to just like hide and shut down. Hibernation is different to me than just shutting down. Shutting down in a way is like, is a fight or flight is more like cutting off, cutting myself off. Right. right. And hibernation actually might be shutting down a little bit, like shutting, shutting down so I can replenish and rest and digest. And that's our parasympathetic nervous system, which we really, really gain so much healing from and help from. And so I think it's important that when we're going through these changes and adjustments in our lives that feel like there's so much for us to take on, it's okay to go am I hibernating or am I hiding? It's such an important distinction too that you're making because to your point, one is almost a negative, like, and if we're being honest with ourselves, we would, we know this because if you're doing it, cause you're like, if the thoughts are going through your head, they're like, I just can't take another thing. Like, I just don't, it's not maybe a good example, but it's, it's like, I'm embarrassed. I was, uh, mine was embarrassment. Like I'm embarrassed. I don't want to see it. I don't want people to see me looking weak. I don't want me, people to see this vulnerable side of me. So I'm just going to hide out in my yes. house until I look the way society or my friends or my family think that I should look when I'm healed. And then when I can fake it till I make it or get my shit together, then I'll come out of hiding. Right. And it's also kind of like a punishment tactic too. Oh, yeah. Feel yourself thinking, I'm going to punish someone else or I'm going to punish myself. That's all the negative stuff. Yep. So it is important to be honest with yourself because if if you're feeling those things, shame, anger, punishment, self-infliction, that's when it's time to get help and seek some therapy, seek some friends, seek seek out someone who can kind of write your thinking. Yeah. Don't stay there. But no, hibernation is very different, very good distinction. Hibernation is like, I'm choosing to be quiet or just take a moment. I'm, I'm choosing to, it's a self-care form. It's like, I'm going to remove myself from some of this chaos. And um, I know that I can't sustain this pace, for instance, yes. in a healthy way. Like, I recognize that 
my accomplishments and I celebrate them. But I know personally for me, it was like, I can't keep that same pace up on a consistent basis, nor should I try, you know, and it doesn't mean I'm going to never have a big art show again, you know, it just means absolutely take a breather and allow myself to reflect and also just really process that moment of celebration and, and all that I did and accomplishment. I mean, allow yourself to take that moment. And redirect, you know? Yeah. I also think the hibernation is like this opportunity to create space. Absolutely. By creating distance, the overwhelm and the busy and the chaos and the noise, we create more space and in turn, like re-energize ourselves. And I, and, and I talk to women now as a divorce planner to all about creating your comeback. Yeah. In order to create that coming back to self, we actually need some, we need a lot of space and rest to rejuvenate and re energize ourselves to move in a new direction. New direction. That's absolutely key. Right. Right. Yeah. You can't, like, uh, you can't turn a cruise ship on a dime. You know, you have to give it some time and you have to go slow, you know, yes. how sometimes it feels when you're taking on this endeavor of try, trying to change. I mean, not your identity, but remember who you are and mm, you know, yeah. all of your input, you know, and all the, maybe the trauma and everything that goes on in a divorce, you know, you, you absolutely have to give yourself time to reclaim who you are at the core and remember who you are and take, that doesn't happen overnight, you know? I also love your phrase, like finding the beauty where you are, finding the beauty where you are. It's like, how do I find the, the, I think that hibernation allows you to go inside of yourself and find the beauty inside of you. Yeah, absolutely. And that can be really difficult and challenging to do when there's so many external, there's so much external feedback. Trying to interfere. There's a lot of interference. And I remember one of the most powerful practices that I did. And I thought my coach was crazy at the time because I was like, I do not want to sit in the silence. Okay. And she said, I I want you to spend a minimum of an hour staring at a wall in silence. No music, no nothing, just you, no people in your house, no nothing. Just, I just want you to go. And I remember I curled up in a little fetal position. I actually got into a sleeping bag and I got a pillow and I didn't fall asleep. The The practice is not to fall asleep. The practice is to just be present and stare at that blank white wall. And so many things came up in my system as a result of, for the first time in a long time, sitting with myself in the silence, in the quiet, in the hibernation that I didn't even know were in there. I didn't know she was even in there. I didn't even know she felt a lot of the things that she was feeling. Wow. That, you know, it's, it's really important what you're saying. And I, I could never really achieve that kind of enlightenment in a quiet space looking at a wall. So what I realized I was doing though, as I went out into nature and I would stare at the Creek or I would actually stare at water droplets on a leaf or something like that. I was doing something called active meditation. Oh, yes. And so it gave my, my eyes and my brain, a little bit of stimulus, but it was a very focused, very small focused stimulus. And it allowed me time to just really reflect on that 
and it was doing a similar thing of what you're talking about. It allowed thoughts to come and form and for me to hear them. And, and because the other thing, um, what we didn't talk about in this whole flight or fight and hibernation versus shutting down is sometimes busy, 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 busy is masking any productivity. Being very busy can also kind of be a form of shutting down. We, we just don't saying yes to everything. We're going to go do everything because that's what we're supposed to do. And you're, you're dying inside a little bit, you know? So even um, it's deceiving how that can look. So just be honest to yourself when you are saying yes to all these things, you know, if it's not filling you up and it's, it's depleting you slowly, you know, be aware of that, like listen to that. And maybe what you do need more of is just this quiet time. And, And if it works for you to sit in a quiet space in a room and if you can achieve that, great. Um, but if that doesn't work for you, do try some activity that just requires you just to sit and focus on something that maybe mm-hmm. is moving, but quiet and stills your spirit and your soul so that you can hear yes. things that are um, being oppressed by all the stimuli, you know, yes. all the noise, like just quiet yourself. I love the options. I love giving people options like you just have. What kinds of unexpected results have you really yielded by seeking the beauty right where you're at? How has it shifted for you since you've integrated this practice and this concept into your life? So I mentioned, obviously, the big one is that I started seeing myself as worthy, as beautiful, all those things. But I also was able to start seeing others for the limit the limitations that they have and, and they are, you know, like we're not all clover leaves with, you know, like some of us might be leaves and trees, but you know, like I guess just letting people be because I wanted to just be, you know, let me just I was given my chance myself a chance to just be who I was and not expect me to be something different. So then I was started applying that to other people. My expectations started changing. And it became a lot more peaceful because I was like able to see them for exactly who they are and find the beauty in them. And um, so their flaws, the perspective shifted. You know, I was focusing more on the positive attributes than the negative, whenever Mm -hmm. possible. You know, now there's something to be said for toxic people in your life. I'm not talking about them. Yeah. I'm talking about just being able to get along better with people in general. The other thing that's happening is situationally too. So I applied it to all these things. Like if a situation was, was bad, again, not, I'm not talking about toxic, very bad, abusive things. I'm talking about like work, you know, say, you know, rather than just venting for some, like there's positive venting and there's negative venting. So I'm sure you probably have words for that too. I don't know, Heidi, but you know, the difference, we know the difference in our heart. And so it just helped reframe how I, I saw the whole world. And in every aspect from myself to other people, to situations, um, how I approach the future, all that kind of stuff. Mm. I love that. I feel like it's also, I know that when I was going through my divorce, I kind of was like, it's, it's hard to sometimes give people the benefit of the doubt after you felt so much pain and so much hurt and maybe even betrayal. It just depends on your situation through heartache and heartbreak. But I think like finding the beauty gives you this allowance and permission to see the good and see the beauty in other people in other instances that you may have previously had a hard time trusting again or finding again in in, in all different situations. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, this realizing that, you know, people have their limitations because a lot of times when you're going through divorce, people say what seems like crazy things well-intended because they love you. They don't, they don't know really what to say sometimes. And so it really helped me just not be really mad at them, you know, and like, just, it helped me like, okay, let's see where the truth lies. They really do mean well for me, even though it, it feels like, you know, it's not their fault. They don't know what to say, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, I gave those people a break and, and helped me just, you know, understand and accept what they were trying to do for me without being resentful and angry at them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I always like to close our show with a couple of different questions, but first of all, based on our chat today, what's one thing our listeners can do today to start creating their comeback? I think maybe we already have the answer, but what would you say? What's one thing they can do today? Um, I mean, the, the tangible thing is, is give this thing a shot. You know, I mean, the timing, depending on where you're at in the world, in the country right now, um, spring is getting ready to happen. So finding beauty won't be quite as hard as say winter time, even though it's more, it's really interesting in the winter time too. give yourself a shot at taking that time. And, and this is because this is the training in the brain. And this is why it overflowed into all the other areas of my life. Cause I didn't realize I was retraining my brain. Just give yourself the opportunity and the permission to slow down for a minute, stoop down. Cause here's the deal to see these things like the beauty, like this close up, it requires you to be humble because you have to get down low. I have been on my knees, hands and knees down in, in the grass. Okay. Humility and allow yourself to, to look a little weird, embrace your weird. You know what I mean? Like, so try being down in the grass, hands and knees, and a neighbor walks by. You look crazy. <laughs> you look absolutely crazy. Don't move though. Just allow yourself to do it, you know? And um, there's there's a form of brave there, the courage, there's humility. And then there's this perspective shift that happens when you actually start finding it. The crazy thing is that now you can't unsee it. And it's almost distracting. Like I've been late to some meetings before after I started finding it everywhere. I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like this, I know these conditions. You'll start knowing the conditions where real amazing beauty happens, you know, and like you got to pull over and you got to enjoy it. And for the moment, because you start realizing that it is fleeting. And that is also a mindset. Like you will start celebrating your, your wins probably more than you've ever done before, because you know what, this moment, the celebration of that win, that, that doesn't last. So go for it, you know? And then also those lows also don't last forever either you know, your perspective ends up. So find the beauty where you're at. I mean, challenge yourself. I, I hope, I hope you're cynical about it. I hope, I, I hope you think I'm not going to find it because that's yes. the thing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> guess what? you're going to find it and share it, share it with people, you know, see, look what I found today because it's contagious. Yes. I want you guys to send your hashtag, find the beauty where you're at and hashtag joy spotting to Leanne and I, um, we're going to drop all of her information in the show notes, but actually on that note, where can our listeners get more of you in their life? Like what, where, where do you want them to see you, find you, embrace you? Um, how can they get more of you and your work in, in their life? Cause I know you're taking a break, but if they, yeah. they want to just poke around, what can they poke around into? Um, let's see a good, good places that I'm actually updating right now. My Instagram account is leannelander.art. Um, so that 
I scatter in my macro photography along with my art that I'm doing. And then on Facebook, it's Leanne Lander Photography, Art and Photography, I think. Those links will be in. I'll give them to Heidi. Um, Perfect. Also, you know, I'm doing a lot with this little book here that I wrote, um, Sunny the Firefly. And Sunny came from a place, Sunny himself, I think, is a little bit of all of us. You know, he was a little different, couldn't couldn't assimilate very well. And then he found his purpose and his light, you know, and he took his time to get there. Yeah. So there's a website for that. Um, so there's a, there's a couple good places that would be the best to find me. Awesome. And you guys, I love her book so much. I bought a copy, gave it to a friend of mine who is a teacher and it's, it's, it's got such great lessons for all ages, including, and especially including grownups. Uh, and it's beautifully, it's got so much beautiful art and it. it's just really, really great. So uh, we might have to have you back on to talk more about that and other topics. Um, your blog I checked out is amazing. So we'll just get all the links in the show notes, but a few more closing questions, if you're okay with it. Uh, first question is, what's one thing you love about you? I am so curious. I'm never bored. Yes. I love that about you too. <laughs> um, second question is, what does joy feel like in your body? Joy in my body. That's a really good question. I think it feels like, I don't know how I describe this. Um, I feel lighter. I feel more energy. I end up making really stupid parody songs. When I'm really joyful, I, I'm a complete nut. I <laughs> just make up things all the time. I'm, I'm really goofy, I think, is how joy comes out with me. You know, I love that. Really ready, ready yeah, to I love that so much. I love that so, so, so much. <laughs> I just really want to thank you for coming on and sharing this conversation today. We could have talked for hours. Uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on the show. And um, I just really want to say thank you and appreciate you for your time and your energy and your genius and your art and all of it, all parts of you. Thank you so much, so much for being here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I love what you're doing. And uh, I'm just so grateful for knowing you and, and what you're doing in the world. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And just a kind reminder to all of you as we close is you are safe. You are loved. You are enough. So go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at Your Divorce Planner or go to yourdivorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with Your Divorce Planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.